0: You are now listening to the Verified Phenoms podcast. In this show, we speak with individuals who have come from all walks of life and have overcome the mental limitations of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and overthinking. Get your notebook ready and stay tuned to learn how you can win your mental battles and become a verifying phenom as well. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Verified Phenoms. And today we have with us Wayne Faulkner. He is a multifaceted professional with writing, personal development, coaching, education, and content creation expertise. He has dedicated significant time and effort to studying the habits and practices of successful individuals, intending to inspire and empower others to cultivate a heightened level of consciousness and achievement. Currently based in Tennessee, Wayne is committed to leveraging his skills and knowledge to help individuals realize their full potential and live their best lives. Wayne, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to you. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. That is good. Love to hear. So as I was just telling you, I'm, we're going to get started with a couple rapid fire questions before we get uh, too deep into everything. So I'm just going to ask the questions. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. Sure. What is the most daring thing that you have ever done? Horseback riding. A nickname that you had in high school or college?
1: Uh, Cochise.
0: Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals?
2: Speak every language in the world. <laughs> What's your favorite quote? Um, My favorite quote is... Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. If
0: you could change one thing that happened yesterday, what would it be?
2: Um, to eat less. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is your go-to activity in Tennessee for someone who wants to visit?
2: Probably, let's see, uh, uh, Bill Street.
0: Bill Street. Why Bill Street?
2: Bill Street is uh, something akin to Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Here in mm. Tennessee. Yes.
0: Got you. Okay, okay. So you say eat less. So we were just talking about the state fair in general. So I, I know that wasn't, you know, your outing yesterday when you when you went to the state fair. But some people just go to the state fair and they like, oh, I got to have one of everything. Were you at like a buffet or something? What, what, what caused you to say eat less yesterday?
2: Yeah, I went and had lunch with my son mm-hmm. at a buffet. And sort of had a large breakfast prior to him coming to pick me up. But he wanted to go out to eat and have some conversation and talk. I said, "Okay, let's go." So, which prompted me to eat more than I would have at that point of time in the day. So, I was adding on a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm
0: sure it was well worth it. I'm sure it's oh well worth
2: yes, it. the conversation <laughs> was fantastic.
0: So, Wayne, looking to inspire others to reach their full potential, how did you end up here, looking to? essentially unlock the hidden potential of everybody
2: well it started personally with myself uh, you know some years back you know i had a lot of introspection about my life and how things were going and things that i was looking at around me in my environment and my own personal world and i had a lot of questions about things that just was not adding up to me so i started doing a lot of profound reading and research and after doing research and reading, as I do continually to this very moment, I started to connect the dots on things. So as, in doing so, I said, well, uh, probably should write some of this down. And after thinking about writing it down, I said, well, I need to find a way to share my findings and, you know, my take on things with the world. So that led to me writing books.
0: You said still doing research and learning to this day.
1: Yes. Yeah, I,
0: th- I want to touch on that real quick because I, I think that's very important. Why mm-hmm. is it that even though you have been helping tens, hundreds, thousands of people you know, to this, to this day, but you're still looking to further your learning her
2: essentially? Uh, yeah, that's a very good question because if you think about it, doing Greco-Roman times, the word for liberty was Libar. And also, that is a root word for library. Now, Libar is a root word for liberation. So, if that same word is symbolic also in sounding and in forming and findings of library, uh, liberty means freedom. So, where can we find freedom? In the library. What do we have in the library? Books. It's only when we read that we really find true freedom in life.
0: Mm. What have been some of the books that have really changed your perspective?
2: Oh, my goodness. Books written by Jim Rohn, you know, finding the pieces to the puzzle, the hidden pieces to the puzzle of life, all kinds of books. Uh, You you just name it. I just got a plethora of books here.
0: All right. Give me a top three then. They don't have to necessarily be a top three, but the first three to come to your mind.
2: Uh, I got some here on my desk. Uh, (laughs) So good, they call it a fake. In my book, How to Think and Create Success, and my other book, Setback or Stepping Stone, is your choice. And I have a third book, which is unpublished because I'm still searching for a publisher and thinking about changing. And I'm about halfway done with my fourth book right now. Wow. So, you know. Writing and reading is something that I'm very passionate about.
0: Congratulations. Two books. One that you're essentially two. Let, let's just say the other two are already done, but they're just yes. not on the shelves yet, right? Congratulations. Yes, that is huge. That's huge. Thank you. In, in the world of, you know, overthinking, it, the topic of the podcast, overthinking, and Parsons syndrome, you know, perfectionism. That stops a lot of people from becoming authors, from actually hitting publish, from actually completing their book. Some people never even necessarily write the first chapter for many reasons. How was the process for you to write your first book? Like, Did it take long to write that first chapter? Or was it easy or did it take long to finish it? How was that process for you?
2: Well, actually, my very first book, How to Think and Create Success, it started out as an online course. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That was the intent from the start. I was designing an online course to present and, uh, you know, help people purchase online. And as I was uh, compiling that together, I started thinking. I presented it to one of my sons who lives in Atlanta, and he read it, and he says, wow, Dad, he says, this is incredible. You say it's a course, but are you really writing the book? I said, huh, I hadn't thought about that. I said, well, I'll continue to expand what I have here. And it became a book. Now, prior to that, I had written about 10 or 13 essays that were published on a platform called Ezine Articles some years ago. And sort of had paused on my writing due to uh, several life events that I experienced and then got back to it. And I said, well, hey, this is something that I said I would always do, write, but the course became my first book. And after that, I am writing books only now.
0: Mm. Was that your first course that you ever pre- uh, created?
2: Yes, it was my first attempt at creating a course, it sure was. Yes, mm. yes. And to add something more to your question, you asked, you know, in Western culture, we are obsessed with perfection. And being so, it always leads to inevitable fear of failure. Mm. That's why many have a desire to write a book, but it's the fear of failure, of getting it done, of being able to, that prevents them. That's the blockage that they can't get beyond, the fear. How does it come about? When you look at a book, it's many pages. How would I be able to sit down and write 100, 200, 300 pages in a book. I've never done it before. So they have this fear that it can't be done. But the secret is start. If you start with the first sentence, the first paragraph, build your first chapter,
1: go from there. You can do it.
3: Fear of
0: failure. Fear of failure, yes. That is something that I used to experience, but not necessarily much anymore. But Mm -hmm. I do hear a lot of, individuals talk about that and it shows up in a lot of different ways. If we're talking about authors specifically, it could show up there. Maybe they think nobody will buy the book. Maybe people will buy it, but they don't like it. Maybe they think that nobody will actually pick up the book. It varies. Uh, but I love what you said. It's, it's just starting. It's just starting writing that first, that first sentence. And for a lot of people, that's the hardest part. What advice would you give to somebody on how to start? I know sometimes it may seem simple. It's like, oh yeah, just, just sit down, write the first sentence, but for some people, it's, it may not be that simple mentally. so what advice would you give to somebody?
2: Well, I was telling an individual to sit down very quietly and think to yourself, "Is there a book within me? Mm-hmm. Answer that question. If that question is yes, well... You want to develop a topic that you want to write about. You know, you know, take out a scratch pad and write down a topic. You're trying to come up with a title for your book. Now, that title may change several times as the book evolves along the process of completing the book. But find a working title, something of interest that you want to share with the literary world. Then you start with an outline for the book. Which will you know, determine your chapters. Once you come up with an outline for your first chapter, you go with that. And you, you start it, you know, writing, like I say, you start the first sentence, you know, start formulating your thoughts. What do you want to say? Who are your characters? What, what are you trying to say here? What's the picture you're painting with words? What do you want everybody to know about this subject matter? And you go from there. So initially, you're going to develop a genre that maybe you're probably pretty good at writing in. Like mine is personal development, you know? So once you figure out the genre and the type of books you're going to write, now you you can write different types of genres for sure if you're very, very talented at writing, but try to start with one genre of type of book first, you know, based on your interests and things you want to share.
0: Out of curiosity, what would you say would be the title of your life? Like if you you were to have a book title around your life 20 years ago what would be the title then and what would be the title now
2: <laughs> that's a very very profound question i would say
1: the title then lost and confused mm. and now and on the way to enlightenment mm.
0: oh man that's that's good What? Okay, so lost and confused, and 20 years later, on the way to enlightenment, why were you lost and confused?
2: Well, because essentially, I would say, in my estimation, in my view, most people are. That's why they are, they may not be able to admit it or come to that type of conclusion that we have, but they are lost and confused. And sometimes it's due to no fault of their own, mainly due to programming, past programming. When we are born, as a child, we're born with a blank slate. There's nothing on it. You know, there's nothing in our brains. There's nothing. It's just like a blank CD. If you get a hold to a blank CD, you're going to have to uh, embed some type of content on it before, you know, you say, okay, this CD is now usable in some way. So when we are born, we are a blank slate. But through our environment, our associations, our circle of influence, life experiences, we become. Embedded with content and information, a lot of it that we did not ask for, uh, nor that we approve of. So, if that information is not something that is productive, and you know, something that can lead you on into a successful level of some obtainable level that you want to reach, you don't know how you got to where you are, but you're there. He says, "Why do I think like I think? Why do I have these ideas?" Why is my personality like it is? Why do I have these preferences or dislikes for this or that? All of that was programmed into you. Until you can come to a realization and Says, my goodness, I got to figure out a way to fix some of this stuff because I'm confused. I'm stuck. I'm going around in a circle.
1: I can't find my way on the path and the road of life. I need help. I
0: always like to tell people, because I I get sometimes comments like, oh, you know, you're doing so well. You have your life put together. And I'll sit here and tell them, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And, And the more that I have conversations like this and I just grow and mature in life and just see what, you know, maturing is all about, essentially. I have come to realize that Essentially, everybody has no idea what they're doing, and they're just Mm -hmm. figuring it out on the way. Now, the difference is, in my opinion, I think some people have confidence in their abilities to figure out something out of nothing. And then some people don't have confidence in their abilities, or they may not know what their abilities are, which could lead them to, like you said, confusion, because they are truly like you know, waking up in the morning and don't necessarily what direction they're going in. And I've found that, like you said, it's okay. Like, it's okay because most people are confused and they don't know in the direction. But it's a matter of figuring out how you want to move. So in your journey, how have you been able to find your way onto your path that you're like, you know what? this is the direction that I should be headed?
1: I'll credit
2: two things, and I mentioned them earlier. Research and reading. Yes. The profound reading that I've done and that I'm still currently doing, that has been my source of information to give me clarity of vision Hmm. to connect the dots of life and to come to some understanding within myself of what this universe is all about, what's going on around me. I mean, what's my relation to all of it? You know? How do I fit in? I mean, where am I going? What am I doing? Why am I here? And all those kind of questions come up just about in the mind of every everyone. But if you don't know what to do with those questions, they just sort of like come and go. You never get answers.
0: Very true. Have you always been an avid reader and researcher?
2: Yes. And that was it came about sort of in an interesting way. I I grew up in the home of my grandparents, and they were like angels on earth, in my estimation, because you know they took care of me so well. It's just unbelievable. But my mom, professionally, she was an academic and she was an educator and librarian. So um, at some point when I was young, she would, they would clear the library out of old and damaged and discarded books, and order new ones. So they would give the old books to the neighborhood, children in the neighborhood. So she brought home boxes of books to me. And that was my world. I would dive in those books. I traveled (laughs) all around the world through reading. Yeah. So (laughs) it was an amazing thing to take in the sights and sounds on every continent. It was just amazing. I couldn't have asked for any better type, you know, learning or resource for learning than the books that she gave me.
0: What are you reading right now?
2: I'm reading all kinds of things. I'm reading <laughs> things about ancient history. I mean, you know, wow, it's just a multitude of things.
0: What's the most interesting or profound book that you're currently reading then?
2: I would say, my goodness, <laughs> all, all the books by the author, Stuart Wow, if you get a chance to browse through some of his books on Amazon, you're going to be amazed. And everything about Jim Rome. It's one of my favorites. Um, but those kind of books was not, were not introduced to me early on. I came by those books in a very unique way. When I was in college, I would say my junior or senior year, I discovered multi level marketing. And uh, I got involved in that, but had no real success in it because I was just too young and too immature to be serious about some things of that nature. But the books, that that industry led me to change my life. Because I hadn't had any exposure to those types of books. So books like Success Cybernetics, oh my goodness, and just on and on and on. Uh books by Wayne Dyer. Thinking I a mean, rich.
0: Know, yes. Cash flow quadrant.
2: About, yes, all <laughs> the, all those, you know. So it just took my consciousness to a whole nother level. Mm. And wow, I hadn't come down yet. <laughs> it's the ultimate high, natural high. That's a good
0: thing, though. I, I can definitely understand and relate. Sometimes, or not even sometimes, when you read a certain book that talks to your, your inner sphere, your inner soul, you're like, man, I needed to read this. I need somebody yes. else to read this too because yes. there's no reason why there is this much like profound information in mm-hmm. here. And it's just out here in the world. And
1: people yeah. are taking
0: advantage of it.
2: Yeah. Jim Rohn says something very profound. He said, everything that you and I need to know to be healthy, to be happy, and wealthy is written in a book somewhere. Mm-hmm. Our job and task in life is going a road of discovery and find and locate the book and read it. See, there, there's no there's no lack of knowledge. There's a lack of aptitude and you know uh motivation to get the books and you know and source out the knowledge. The wisdom and knowledge is just unbelievable. It is. It's, it's available. But until you seek it out, embrace it, apply it, well. It's almost like you're in a different world. The resources and the knowledge and wisdom is in one world. You reside in another. So you can't take advantage of it. We're going to get back to the show
0: in just a second. But in the middle of your journey to create, innovate, and lead, you probably found yourself facing challenges of creative blocks or stuck in the cycle of overthinking. Here's the thing. You aren't the only one experiencing this. So why should you go through this journey alone? What if there was a community of like minded individuals all striving towards success, ready to support, motivate and hold you accountable? Well, I have the solution for you, a place where ambition meets action, where your dreams get a roadmap and where every single stride gets celebrated. We're more than just an online community. We're a collective of creators, freelancers and entrepreneurs who believe in the power of togetherness to overcome obstacles and achieve greatness. Joining this online private community means that you're not just setting your goals, but also taking decisive steps towards them, with a community ready to cheer you on with every step of the way. It's about consistent progress, shared learning, and the taste of achievement. If you're ready to elevate your journey, to transform your ambitions into achievements, and be part of a collective that believes, then achieves, visit verifiedphenom.com to take action today. That's verifiedphenom.com. So let me ask you this.
3: In the world of content creation, some mm-hmm. people may
0: fear putting certain content on the world because, they, let's say, they don't want to be a, a hoax, um, you know, a fake, a, an imposter, right? If someone wants to create a course and they have knowledge on it, but they don't consider themselves an expert on it, Maybe because they didn't go to school for it. Uh, maybe they've only read a couple books around the topic, or maybe they've only had that certain experience for like the last year or so, but they know they want to create a course or let's just say a book as well.
3: What would you say to that person?
1: I would say go
2: for it because this is my view on that. You know, when you feel that you are unqualified to do something, you may be just the one to do it. Because you are the person that has imagination. You can have all of the credentials, but if you don't have imagination, a vivid imagination to create, to think and create. I created a concept called Think, Create, Meditate, and Journal. That's revolutionary. So when we think we're creating, where does all of that come from? It comes from two places. Ultimately the infinite resource, the infinite source of all things, God, through your imagination. So that's the most valuable thing there is that you have when it comes to creating content, inventing, writing, anything, you know, that's artistic or creative. It comes from the imagination. Any credentials that you may
1: have or technical skills, that's only... It's, it's supplemental to your imagination.
3: So
0: what you're saying is essentially if a person can have the idea, they can have that thought, that is more. That is enough for them to get started and create whatever it is that talks into their head.
2: Yes, because without the, the idea, where do we go? You don't have anything to work from. Because... Every invention there is, or there ever will be, including the technology that we're using in this podcast, it started from an idea. Where do those ideas come from? Did they fall from the sky with the rain that fell? Do they grow up from the ground as a plant? No. They come from the infinite source of all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding as ideas that's what we get from the universe: ideas, and it's our job to take those ideas and to create the products, the services, the technology, the machines, the apparatuses, the, art, the the art that's you know we need it and we enjoy. So it all comes from an idea. A man without an idea,
1: wow, why are you here? <laughs>
2: i
3: have to ask you how much time
0: do you spend thinking at night because personally (laughs) i i have a lot of ideas and thoughts that are flowing through my bed and then i'm well while i'm in the bed thinking i was telling my best friend the other day i was like yo i'm a bad sleeper he was like what are you talking about like it's so easy to go to sleep i was like no bro like it's hard for me to go to sleep because I am always thinking. That's when I come up with my ideas, X, Y, Z. It'll sit here and take me two hours to go to sleep because my brain is just running. So I I have to ask you just how much time do you spend thinking just in general?
2: Well, I think a lot, as you probably well can imagine from this conversation. (laughs) However, I have a little different process. My superpower is
1: meditation. Mm. That's my key. Everything that I know, all of my ideas, all of that comes from the foundation in the world of my meditation. Now,
2: what I do will be very clear about going to bed. This is how I do it. When I'm ready to go to bed, I sit on the side of my bed before entering my bed, and I say this, I am joyfully and happily anticipating receiving creative ideas in my creative space where I'm doing all I can to make this world a better place. I'm thinking. I'm happily and joyfully anticipating receiving ideas on the next chapter of book that I'm writing, whatever I'm working on. If I'm working on coming up with a new type of uh, uh, idea for a new uh, investment, I'm an investor. If I want clarity on... What do I invest in next? Well, I'm going to mention that in that affirmation before I go to bed. Then I go to bed, sleep soundly. When I wake up the next morning, those ideas start to flow. And as I move upstairs into my home office and move into my one hour of meditation session, everything, it just opens up. It's just like a blooming flower. Everything that I wanted to know, is starts. And I can view my own mind in my meditation. And also, I am connecting and communicating with the infinite source. God. And then, when I'm ready to write, I'm ready to write. The ideas start to flow. And then, if I'm looking for a new investment, and I start doing my research,
1: and when I find it, there it is. This is what you were looking for.
3: I want to be clear for a second. For anybody that, that has just
0: heard the question, it's like, what do you mean, how much time does he spend thinking? And what I mean by that is thinking with intent, which you did answer. You, mm-hmm. you, spend, you take a moment before you go to bed and you spend a couple minutes saying that that phrase to yourself and go to sleep, wake up, and then you're thinking with intent when you're essentially you're meditating for that hour. Mm -hmm. Thinking is a superpower that I believe that either people don't realize that they have or they spend too much time doing it, right? Overthinking in this case, right? Have you ever been in a moment or just a phase of life where? You were spending too much time in your head, and if you did, how did you either dial back or take yourself out of that?
2: Very good question again. Yes, I have in the past, but I'm beyond that now because my first book title is How to Think, How to Think and Create Success. Since I've formulated a manner in which I suggest how a person can learn how to think, I my default mode of thinking is along those lines now. I I don't let myself get too far off track with my thinking. I could, but when I feel myself um, maybe, you know, weaving to the left or to the right and not staying in the center track, I know what to do to bring myself back in focus with my thinking. So I would say thinking, like you said, is something so profound. In fact, most people don't give it, you know, it's, it's automatic. Matter of fact, we can't stop thinking when we want to stop thinking. <laughs> we're thinking all the time. And here's a, prof- a profound thing about that. You know, research shows that the average person thinks 6.5 thoughts per minute. So there's 24 hours in our day. We're asleep for eight, there's 16 hours that we're awake. So that's about 6,240 thoughts that we have throughout those 16 hours. Now, also, research has shown that 50 to 70% of those thoughts are negative. So, at the 50% rate, we're talking about 3,140 uh, 3, thoughts that are negative. At the 7% rate, we're talking about over 4,000. So, throughout a 24 hour period, our thought ratio is four negative to one. You're having four negative thoughts to every positive thought. And as you can see, we're doing a lot of thinking. Everybody does. But we don't know this and realize this, so we don't know how to think. So imagine this. If you and I had a basketball team and we show up at the gym and I'm the coach of one, you the coach of the other one, and I show up with one player and you have four, how am I going to win? Mm. One player taking on your four. It's impossible. So if you're having four negative thoughts to every positive thought, Well, that's called self-sabotage. You're never going to get where you want to go because because of, number one, your thinking. Remove everything else from the equation. The main obstacle to your progress and your success is your thinking. We got to get that taken care of first. All of the thinking that you do,
1: and we do a lot of it. And Mathematically, I just described that.
3: When it comes to thinking, the first step
0: in my, in my world, in my mind,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that a person must be self-aware to realize that they're losing that 25 to 75% ratio. A lot of individuals are not self-aware. They haven't built that, I would say, emotional intelligence yet of self-awareness. This is not something that we were taught in school. We're not, we're not taught how to uh, center ourselves and understand what we're feeling and be aware of what we're thinking and then how to uh, essentially, you know, direct that thought to something else. How have you grown in your self-awareness over time? What are some techniques? And I, I, I'm going to assume one of them may be meditation. But how have you grown in your self-awareness throughout your journey?
2: Well, again, this is what I I formed a habit of saying throughout today, my affirmation of I am joyfully or I'm happily anticipating. So that always keeps me on a path of positivity. Because the reverse of that, we already know we're going down the negative road. So intentionally, with intent, every day. Every hour today, I would say, I'm thinking, for an example, if I leave here and I say, okay, the next two hours, I'm going to the grocery store. Before I leave, I would say this, I'm joyfully anticipating a safe travel to the grocery store, a safe, enjoyable shopping experience, and a safe return back to my home. So intentionally, I am, it's just like lifting weights. The more you do it, the stronger you get. If you work a muscle with weight, you know, the, uh, the, the weight being the resistance, that muscle has to get stronger. There's no other way. So the more I do that, the more positivity I can build up in myself, in my consciousness, in my mind. More than not, I'm always going to default to positivity. Instead of, wow, I'm speaking negative about this. I have a negative statement about this. I have a negative concern about this. I have a negative thought about this. And it just
1: compounds and compounds and compounds. And there you are.
3: Wayne, I I have about two more questions I want to ask you before we wrap up today. And the first one is, this is just a general question I love to ask. I always love to hear people's perspective on this. What would you say success? was to about, let's just say, 20, 30 years ago. And what is success to you now?
2: 20 years ago, success was, to me, more or less, it was a word with no meaning, more or less a figment of my imagination. Because naturally equated success, as probably most people do, with monetary gain. So within your environment and your associations, if you didn't see anyone that you could, you know, mentor, emulate, that was very, very financially well-off and wealthy, it was something that you say, okay, everybody has to say, I want to be a millionaire. Well, this is something that we say, but we have no point of reference with that in our real world. So, 20 years forward, you get a chance to meet people who are actually wealthy and well off, you know, through various means and professions and careers. And you begin to see well, this is obtainable. I can do this as
1: well. So, I need to go from just thinking of it, make it happen,
2: you know, with real intent, plan, and purpose ideas. This is something that's real because you now are able to embrace, interact with people who are what you thought you wanted to be 20 years ago.
1: It was just an idea, you know, in your mind.
3: And lastly, what advice would you give to our listeners today? Let's say around overthinking.
1: Overthinking, I would say to get control of your mind, your
2: mentality and mindset, it's going to require meditation. Learn and form a good meditation practice, and you're going to see the world change within you. And when the world changes within
1: you, the outside world will change for you. I love that. That's good.
3: All right, Wayne, how can
0: people find you? How can they support you?
1: Yes, go to my
2: website, uh, thinkandcreatesuccess.com, and you can contact me at my email address, info at com.
0: Amazing. Wayne, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a very, very insightful conversation today on this Tuesday morning. Uh, y'all, if you found... Any value, which I know you did. I don't even know if I said if. (laughs) (laughs) The the value that you found in today's episode, share it out to at least three people that you believe need to hear this conversation. That you believe that it will put them on the right path that they are looking to go on. Um, Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. This has been another episode of Verified Phenoms, y'all. And we will catch you all on the very next episode.
1: See ya.